Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, which of course, as you can see, I don't have Sandy with me today. She's with our 20-month-old. But this is Chris with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we got Cami Clune coming on. She's doing some great things. In fact, right now she's doing some great things. She's currently on Team Kelly of The Voice in Top 9. And we're excited to talk a little bit about that and just hear parts of her story and see where this goes. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, just, you know, getting ready for next week. And it is top nine, right? It is top nine. Okay. <laughs> That's all I need to say. Top nine is not top nine. I know I read that right and saw that right. <laughs> so before we really talk about the voice a little bit, um, as you know, this year has been a rough year for a lot of people. And I always like to talk about that first before anything is how has COVID affected you? And what do you what have you done outside of the show to kind of maneuver through that? Yeah, COVID has definitely affected me and you know the whole industry greatly. Um, I was doing gigs in my hometown and all that stopped because restaurants had to close down and all that. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that I am able to film like during this time. Um, it's just, there's a lot of protocols. Obviously we have to test three times a week. Um, we have to wear masks like all many times that we aren't on screen, um, do our own hair and makeup for everything. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of things have changed, but it's just such a blessing that we're able to film and Mm -hmm. I have a job to do during, during this pandemic where a lot of people are out of work. So is a test as, as horrible as some people say? You know what? It's really not that bad because we don't do the one that's all the way to the back okay. of the nose. So it's like um, throat and then like lower nose. But the first time that I had to do it, like before I came to L.A., it was awful. It hurts. Okay. It literally hurt. <laughs> I guess now they got updated versions of the, because I know the old test is all the yeah. way up the nose and all that. I guess now they got it more perfected. Yes, for sure. <laughs> And you're talking about having a job through all this, you know, that, you know, we launched this show in January of this year and our original plan was a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did that, we'd be on, we'd be on track to build the foundation and then COVID happens. And I thought to myself and I told Sandy, this could be our opportunity to shine because um, get guests like you are going to need places to talk, places to rant, places to whatever. And we're going to give that opportunity. And because of that, we're over 290 interviews now. Wow. That's so awesome. So, so it's been a crazy year and um, yeah. but silver lining for us. It's worked for to help our show go. Um, yeah. So tell us, you know, a lot of people they'll ask, um, when did you know you wanted to do music? I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that it could actually be a career? Yeah. Um, well, I've always known that I have wanted to do something in the arts. Um, I, you know, I danced since I was four. I did theater when I I started theater when I was 11. Um, And, you know, honestly, when I was like 11, I did my first musical. I was like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like, I want to be a musical theater major. I want to do stage um, shows, you know, Broadway and all that. And then I had to take a break because I was going through something with um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome that I have. Mm -hmm. It's a tissue disorder that uh, causes a lot of pain. And when I was dancing, um, I had a lot of pain. So I had to take a break for a little while. And I really delved into music. And, um, you know, it was it was definitely hard because in my head, it was just like, 
uh, musical theater and like acting and singing, like that's what I, that's the only thing I want to do, you know? Mm. So when I took a break, when I took a break and I uh, started just focusing on music and only music, like it really clicked that I could do this too as a career, oh, wow. you know, I can make, I can make um, a career out of my own music and not just, you know, other people's music, like on stage yeah. and stuff. So um, I guess the age that I really realized that was probably like 17 or oh, so. Wow. So like three years that I've really been working towards this and it's crazy that I'm already here. Yeah, I mean, and here you are. <laughs> yeah, some people work for, for, you know, 10 years to try to get where I am and it's only been, you know, it's really seriously like three. So it's pretty cool. I love stories like that. And again, you know, you've been in the entertainment kind of industry for all your life, pretty much. You yeah. know, this is just an add on. So that's pretty cool that it's all coming together. Totally. So, um, now let's go, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, a Miranda, a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but to even a career level in music. And I always want to talk about that on every episode, because I think it's so important in this day and time for people to realize before they step their toe into this, because there's no such thing as, I guess, stepping your toe in, because mm -hmm. you're either all in or you're not in at all. I mean, that's yeah. just the way being creative is. And um, I'm going to tell a quick story to help guide us where I want us to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. In fact, they were Team Blake back then. <laughs> and, um, and I remember asking Allison what advice she'd given up in coming artists. And I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if your heart will allow you to do anything, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She said, because the moment you want it to be a career, everybody kind of owns a piece of you. She goes, your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say no to a gig and you for sure don't want to be the artist that said that cancels a gig once it's with all the people on the line. And she said, though, so a lot of times people don't understand that side of it. Then your family has to sacrifice. So on top of that, your family has to kind of push you out the door and say, okay, we'll see you whenever. <laughs> but yeah. then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be um, worth it. What do you think of what she said? Let's talk about that. It's the sacrifice side a little yeah, bit. That's so true because I've been told that my whole life too. Like, I remember just sitting in interviews with like people from Broadway because I always used to do workshops and stuff. And they'd be like, if you can do anything else and be happy, do it because this is a hard industry. And, and it's always been in my heart, like, I can't do anything else. Like, I've tried it. I've tried, I went, I actually went to school for a little bit for digital media like, to oh, do wow. like behind the scenes. And it was just a part of me was missing, you know? And it's like, I just always knew like, this is what I have to do. And I don't think that I can have a plan B. You know, there's always people that debate, you know, should you have a plan B if you're doing this? And um, I go back and forth, but I really think that if you're really all in, you really need to be all in on it. And um, yeah, totally. Like, I think that you, if you have a passion for this and this is the only thing that you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life, I think that you should just put all your focus on it and really go for it. And I love that. Cause you know, when you watch interviews from the big artists, and the host always has one question that almost every host asks, mm -hmm. what would you be doing if music didn't work? And 90% yeah. of the time, the answer is almost the same. I would just be a broke musician because I had no plan B. And I think that 
to get to that level, because I remember one of the artists, I can't remember who it was, because the host was like, what do you mean no plan B? He says that when you have a plan B, when times get tough, and if you're an artist, times are going to get tough before you make it. And when those times get tough, your plan B will become plan A, and then you'll move in a whole other direction. He says, he says yeah. in order to block that out, it, you not give that an option. He says, we have to be so focused to where there is no plan B. Totally, completely. That's so true. I mean, I, I agree with all of it. <laughs> now that we talked a little bit about the sacrifice side, let's talk about the glory side, the side that people see. And of course, let's focus on the voice. How has that been? It's been awesome. I mean, like, it's crazy to think that, you know, just where I am now, like I have like people that have, are fans of me and I'm gaining followers. And, you know, I just get to go on that stage and just showcase my art to a whole audience. And uh, it's just such a blessing that I'm even this far. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been really exciting. Um, it's been fun. It's really been fun. Like it's not there's a, obviously there's a lot of hard things behind the scenes, but overall it's just been such a fun experience. What's been the most surprising? The most surprising? That's a good question. Um, hmm. You know, a lot of people, they come to a show like The Voice yeah. and they have um, preconceived notions and they get there and sometimes things are like, okay, I can deal with this, but that's not what I thought. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's, a, you know, of maybe how close the um, the um, coaches are, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. What, what what have you seen that has surprised you? Um, I can't think right now. Um, <laughs> I guess just the whole experience was just surprising. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't expecting it to be as exciting as it is, and like how um, I don't know. You know what? I just didn't. Here's what I guess I didn't expect to be as far as I am. And so like, you know, it's just been getting more and more intense each week. And I think that, um, you know, just from the beginning, I wasn't, I was expecting like maybe one chair turn, like maybe I'll win my battle. Like it just, I wasn't expecting to get this far. Did you know, well, tell us that moment where you're walking out there and the chairs are turned backwards. Cause that had to be a little intimidating. Cause again, you know, you're used to everybody facing you. And of course, because of COVID there's no audience and all that. So you really are out there and there's nothing. <laughs> yes. It was very intimidating. Um, I'm, I'm one that likes to have an audience. I like to be able to play off the energy. I feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it was just me and these four celebrities sitting in front of me, it was just so nerve wracking for me. Um, and then they all turned around and I was just in shock. I was like, what? Like I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, maybe one personal turn or something. And then like all four coaches I was looking at while I was singing and it was just like, I was starstruck and I was in shock for sure. Um, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> when the first chair turned, what was your thoughts? You know, I think I honestly just like blacked out the whole time. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. Like, I remember closing my eyes and starting to sing and opening them. And like I saw Kelly and I was like, what? <laughs> like I, I didn't even register what was happening in the moment until after. Now, did you know who you, who you was picking right from the beginning or did that change while they did their pitches? Yeah, I had no idea who I was going to pick, to be honest. I mean, I was going back and forth between all of them. Um, and, you know, I know, like, on the show, it said, like, oh, I was going for John or Gwen. But, like, 
I really was going between all of them. And, um, yeah, I think just in the moment, John just had a good pitch and said that he reminded me. I mean, he reminded him of uh, somebody who won in a past season. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like I should go with him. And then, um, and then I got to I get to work with Kelly too, you know. And I, I was. Um, I really wanted to work with her too. So the fact that I get to work with both of them is. What was your thoughts when that happened? When that happened, I was, I was so excited. I was so shocked too, (laughs) because, uh, you know, I just, first of all, I was going up against John Holiday and I was like, well, it's over for me because he's amazing. And, uh, you know, considering a female range and, um, yeah, I just definitely didn't think I was going to win. And then I went out there and Kelly had the only person with a steal left was Kelly. And I was like, okay like I'm manifesting that you steal me and uh, the last deal. Yes. The last deal. And uh, I was just, I was so excited because she was kind of making hints like while they were talking to us after the performance and um, yeah, I was shocked and so excited because I really wanted to work with her too. And she used her only block on uh, Blake in the blind auditions. And um, I always felt bad that I didn't choose her. And now I get to <laughs> So it's it's exciting. It may have worked out better because now you got to see how John works. And yeah. now you're getting to see so you got the the best of both worlds there. Totally, totally. Um I know like Sid Kingsley, like he got to work with um John, Blake, and Kelly because he got stolen. <laughs> so it's like I mean if you get to work with all of them, like that's awesome. <laughs> now are y'all behind the scenes all friends now? Oh yeah, we're like a family. I mean like everybody's just so close. I mean, even like before the blind auditions, mm-hmm. like people, we were talking and getting to know each other. So um, it's, it's so sad to see people leave, you know, it's just getting cut down more and more. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sad. It's really sad to see your friends, you know, be sad and be eliminated. But, um, you know, I think that after the show, we're all just going to connect again anyways. And, you know, it is a competition, so people are going to get eliminated, and um, you just hope it's not you until the yeah. end. Yes, <laughs> so you're the last one standing. <laughs> yes, you know, even if it is, I mean, I feel like I really have established something that I really can take um, farther than the show. And that's the key to any type of show like this is mm-hmm. is building that foundation and using it as a springboard. Because as you know, there are a lot of people that even win of the voice and idol and other things, but never really do anything beyond that. And so building that foundation from this point, because the work really happens after the show. Yes, I totally agree. I mean, I think that, you know, people always say, oh, the winners like don't do anything. Well, you know, I think it takes like, you have to take it upon yourself to, you know, do what you want to do and and grind and keep working. And uh, I think that's what makes someone successful is how much work you put into it. I love that. Now, as you know, a lot of people, they see artists like you, but they don't see like PR people, managers, producers and th- and people like that. And I think that the team never gets enough love. So I always want to yeah. give some love to the team. So if you want to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Yeah. I mean, there's so many amazing people behind the scenes that help us. Um, there's just like the the, the lower, I guess, I guess you would say lower level, um, like PAs that help around, um, the production that are so helpful. I mean, the vocal coach, um, Trelawney, she always helps us with everything. Um, even just checks in on us just all the time. Um, and who else, the, the makeup and hair people that they don't technically get to do our whole makeup and hair, but they do like touch-ups for us. Yeah. And they're awesome. I mean, they've really, 
that helped us figure out how to, um, you know, get through this during COVID and do things differently. I mean, there's just so many people behind the scenes that you don't see that just do so much work into making the show how it is. I mean, I'm so thankful for all of them. They've really, they've really made this whole thing work during this hard time. And we've got a third team member that we bring on, our little eight-year-old. And Sandy's in the back room, so she'll probably be sending him forward now. So here he is, sending him forward. <laughs> and, you know, he loves to ask his, his question. And then, you know, are we got a 20-month-old that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show, too. That's so awesome. How long have you been doing this show? Since January 3rd um, was when we launched. So a little oh, over 11 months. Okay. And like I said, we're at a hundred, I mean, 290, I think you're number 292 wow. uh, interviews. And we got two more after you. In fact, we got so a, cool. We've got I an actress you. coming up and then another singer. Cool. Cool. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> Hi. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. Um, I think sweet potato fries or chocolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's yours? Pizza. Pizza? Yes. Yeah, he could eat pizza all day long. <laughs> well, nice to see you. Yes, nice to meet you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves that and all that. And again, you know, we're a I always joke that we're a family affair show. Yeah. And we're trying to implement the family into it. And what's That's funny about all that is, is I was like, you know, I keep saying we're family affair or family affair. Oh, Family Affair Media, that would be a cool media name. And we locked in the domain and everything. So we're hoping to eventually make this a whole media company called Family Affair Media. That's so cool. I love that. That's such a cool <clears throat> idea. So if you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you want to write about? You know, I really want to work with Phineas and Billie Eilish because wow. you know they write together. They're, you know, brother and sister. And they just their music is exactly what I want to make. Like um, just the pop alternative, like soft eerie kind of vibes that they do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that like um, Phineas like really helped Billy like get started with her songwriting, I think. And um, I would just love to work with them too. I feel like they have so many ideas and I feel like they could really help me make a song how, how I, uh, how I want to. So. So how would you describe your music to someone who's never heard it before? Ooh. You know, I think I would describe it as, I guess I am like pop alternative. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the main thing is I like to, I like to like tell a story and I like to perform each song that I do, like as if it's a story that I'm telling and like, I guess a character that I'm playing. Mm -hmm. um, and also I guess a way to describe it too is like, Sort of like, you know, it's, a, it's something that Kelly says. Is she says it's like creepy, creepy, eerie. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but like, yeah. a, you know, like Evanescence, you know, that kind of vibe. And there's probably um, a lot of that for these movies that are coming out. Yeah, I would love to <laughs> sing music for movies. That would be awesome. <laughs> so this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this, this story before I ask the guests that same question, because when the answer that Kelsey gave us back five years ago, is almost to the T of what she's living now. So, so she knew where she was going and there was nobody stopping her. <laughs> um, um, so knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Well, um, 
you know, I always say, I don't know if you know who Sabrina Carpenter is, but yeah. um, literally everything that she does is what I yeah. want to do. She, yeah. on Broadway, she makes her own music, she tours. I think she just started her own production company. Um, oh, wow. She stars in films and TV shows, and I just want to do all of it. You know, I want to maybe even just direct one day, um, be behind the scenes as well. And um, yeah, I literally just want to do everything that I can in this industry. And I guess the, the way that I explain it is literally everything Sabrina Carpenter is doing. That's what I want to well, do. What's cool is that that's kind of how we've expanded. Because when we first started the show, yeah. it was originally um, a country music interview show. Really? Then... then as time went, we expanded it to all genres. And then it was like after August, we, our biggest month of interviews was in August. We had 44 interviews we did that month. And then wow. September slowed down. I told Sandy, we've got to find, I got so used to doing this all the time. It's like, okay, we've got to find other avenues to fill in these spots. Yeah. So now we've become a full-fledged internet, I mean, internet, um, entertainment um, interview show. And so now we, we, we um, interview um, artists, actors, authors, and athletes. So, That's awesome. So everything, yeah. in, in fact, we even had um, not long ago the legendary actor Ed Asner on. Oh, cool. So that was, he, that, yeah. him being 90 years old, he was like really on it. Uh, he's more on yeah. it than I thought he would be. But it was, that was a really cool interview. That's awesome. <clears throat> so talking about the five-year plan, um, and all that. Let's look down the road. Let's say that we're 10, 15 years down the road and you are a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like you were there. Mm -hmm. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind her? Ooh. You know, I think, um, the biggest thing for me is to just always stay humble. Um, always, you know, do things with a purpose and for the greater good and don't, um, don't get caught up in it, you know? Um, yeah, stay humble, stay kind and, um, keep your purpose. Don't forget that. Don't forget your beginnings. I love that. We're coming down to the closing part here. You know, always ask, always try to ask this question to everybody. Let's say, and this will be the last question. If you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing, and you, there's definitely something special there. They do have that it factor, but they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, mm -hmm. um, but they've gotten on stage. And I got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd and the crowd's roaring for them and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Cammie, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. Yes. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next few years? Yeah, I think I would say to just keep working hard and keep doing what you feel you should do. You know, don't let anybody tell you that you're a certain way or you should do, you know, you should fit into some mold. Mm. Just really be yourself and um, keep working hard at it. Never, never quit. And um, yeah, just, just keep working hard and being true to yourself. I love that. And I think my wife is coming. I, I hope so. Anyway, open that door for her in case she does. She said she'll pop in the last second on this one. Um, but, you know, any final parting words? Um, I guess vote. <laughs>
for you yeah again because people yeah. might think you know here in georgia if you say vote they're gonna think we still got a runoff coming in january 5th oh, so it's like vote on the voice you know because yeah definitely vote 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 and uh, yes oh okay. uh. hi <laughs> 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 look hi. hi nice to meet you in here at the last minute we wanted to say hi oh she's so cute this is caitlin caitlin <laughs> oh yeah nice to meet caitlin <laughs> say hi and what's crazy is you know, we were married 10 years before we had little Chris. Oh, yeah. Really? And, and then she comes seven years after him. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we just crossed 18 years of marriage. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, we definitely really enjoyed having you on the show today. We for sure look forward to having you back down the road. Yes. Yeah, of course. Thank you and so much. And if you want to tell people how they can reach out to you, that'd be awesome, too. Sure. Yeah. Um, like where to find me on social media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Cami Clooney and Twitter, Cami Clooney, TikTok, Cami Clooney, uh, Facebook Cammy official. And, um, there's also a team Cami Facebook page that my, um, my mom started, but oh, wow. oh, great. yeah, you can find um, more information on the show and stuff there. So awesome <laughs> you know we really enjoyed having you today and like i said yes. we definitely look forward to having you back down the road yeah. <laughs> she's saying bye, Say bye. 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 all right <laughs>